The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub. Filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays. And same-game parlays, all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and Bet Live. Same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode. For additional details, must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit theringer.com/slash RG. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kids' education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and empower what's next. Start today at empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. baby happy thanksgiving one and all no days off new york new york because we had the giants on thanksgiving day taking on the dallas cowboys and it was the second half that went right down the toilet from a giants perspective um i know the score and the margin is going to look far closer if you didn't have an opportunity to dial in every snap of this game if you didn't watch you're going to see 28 to 20 it doesn't really tell the tale of how lopsided the second half was. The first half of this game and the second half of this game were two drastically, drastically different halves. First half of this game, if you were a New York Giant fan, you were thinking about pulling the outright upset. You're a double-digit underdog. You're up six. You're annoyed that you had six points taken off the field with the Fagazi illegal man downfield. Terrible, terrible call. You get two Dak Prescott interceptions. You have the fourth down stop. You have a lot of sloppiness from a Cowboy perspective. In the second half of this game, it's very clear and it's very obvious to look at the turning point in the game. The Giants give up a drive that takes forever because of injuries and stoppages and it was an eight-minute drive to begin with. It felt like it was a 40-minute drive starting off the second half of this game. No flow, no rhythm, all out of sorts. Dallas ends up scoring a touchdown. So they go from being down six to up one. Then the Giants get the ball back. And this is the turning point in the game. This, to me, hands down, ended up being the difference in the game. The Giants have a Fourth and one, after getting one first down, they're at their own 45-yard line. They go for it, which I love. You know me. I'm new age. I like the aggressiveness. I applaud it from Brian Dable. Here's the problem. The execution on the play was absolutely pathetic. Daniel Jones with a terrible throw. The Giants only have 10 men on the field. It would have been a play that easily gets Saquon Barkley 20. 25, 30, maybe even more yards upfield because there was just nothing but green grass in front of them. They don't execute. They turn it over on downs, and boom, 
the Cowboys come right down the field, six plays, 44 yards, and they make it an eight-point game. And then what you saw is that the New York Giant offense just completely sputtered. When the Giants cannot run the football, and the Giants did not run the football at all in this game today. You look at Saquon Barkley's numbers, 11 carries for 39 yards. And outside of the touchdown he had, not off from Saquon. They couldn't run it against the Cowboys. And with this passing game being as limited as it is, and I know Slade made a big play in the first half. I know he had the deep hookup to Jones, could have had another one. But if the Giants are going to be a team that's throwing it left and right, they are not going to beat good teams. They're just not. They are not built to go and play that way. They're not built to do so. The Cowboys, on the other hand, when they got the shit together in the second half of this game, they're converting third down after third down after third down. I mean, how many times did you see the two tight ends, Schultz and then Ferguson, just kill you? I mean, whether it was the hurdle or Schultz with the long third down. I mean, the Cowboys were money on third down the second half, and they weren't cheapy third downs. They were lengthy third downs. It was third and 11. It was third and 13. It was Schultz deep for the touchdown. You really noticed in this game the absence of Adore Jackson. It's the giant top corner. Wink Mondale is going to blitz. That's just how he's wired. That's how his defense is set up. He's going to blitz. He's going to send guys after the opposing quarterbacks. Dallas, to their credit, took advantage of that. And Dallas just completely controlled this game. For those of you who are old man football, and I think there are plenty of you out there who are going to fight me on, oh, you should have punted the football. Here's my counter. When the Cowboys had long fields, did it stop them? No. They torched the giant defense. Torched in the second half. And they would have torched them in the first half if they didn't have the self-inflicted wounds. They're better. You got to be able to get a yard. You got to be able to execute. Yes, it's a different game if you convert. But the idea that, oh, that is a moment in the game in which you got to punt the football, I totally disagree. Totally, totally, totally disagree. Because this giant defense was out of gas. You just had him on the field for eight or nine minutes. Thibodeau's coming out. Leonard Williams is coming out. Guys sucking wind left and right. You got to give him a breather there. You can't send him right back out there. What do you, th- what do you think is going to happen? Even if you put him back on the 15 and the 10-year-old line, they're gassed. Get it So the Giants are now 7-4. and four. And I think preseason, you still would look at that and be like, wow, I am absolutely head over heels with where the Giants are at going into the month of December. And I still think you should have that feeling. But a couple of weeks ago, it kind of felt like the playoffs were a foregone conclusion. I think we can now acknowledge the Giants and postseason is not a foregone conclusion because they have come back to the pack. They have not played great for a month. And if you look at the Commanders, and we'll see what they do Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, the Commanders now can get to a position where next week is a monstrous, monstrous, monstrous game. Where you could have the seven and four Giants and the seven and five Washington Commanders if they take care of business. Those two, if the Giants are going to be a playoff team, they have to beat the Commanders at least once. They beat them twice, they're going to be there. That's the way I see it. They're not on the level of the Eagles. They might beat them, they're not on the level of the Eagles. Anyone who would tell you otherwise is an idiot. And they're not on the level of the Cowboys. We've now seen it in both of these games. And I know a lot of Giant fans are sick and tired of losing the Cowboys. For the better part of 10 years, the Cowboys have just destroyed the Giants. I haven't won the postseason. I understand that. But they destroyed the Giants. And that's something that this regime has got to clean up. And I think we're all aware of that. This game doesn't bother me as much as the Lions game did. They lost to a better team. There were opportunities out there. There were a couple of misplays, miscalls, sure. But the better team won. Now it's time to regroup. And it's time to get ready for the Washington Commanders where you want to be a playoff team, that's the team you got to go beat. And that, to me, is a team that is far more on your playing field than a team like Dallas. Dallas has their warts. They have their deficiencies. Look at the talent on the Cowboys. Look at the talent on the Giants. And tell, tell me exactly where the Giants are better. 
It's tough. Very, very tough. So this was humbling in the second half. Significant to some at the end of the game, Brett Maher is not going to be getting a Christmas card from the Jastrzemskis. I can guarantee you that. And maybe a couple of you got a little extra Thanksgiving loot for Christmas presents and holiday presents if you took the Giants and faded me. So she did more power to you. All right, let's get to a bunch of calls from our Spotify live. Let's let it off. We head to Paramus, uh, New Jersey. And Will, what's happening, Will? How you doing, bud? I got to tell you, uh, Giants fan for life, but I, I, I don't understand. Uh, do we just not want Daniel Jones to throw the ball? I mean, is, is our entire game just based on the run game? Is that it? Is that all it is? Because, you know, when you get into these games where it's a shootout, like it was going to be today when we're down by two touchdowns, we got nobody to throw to. What, you know, we got Slayton and that's it. Uh, we just give up on Daniel Jones as a passer. Is that what it is? Well, well, how do you, how are you going to change that in the middle of the season? though? They, well, they're not going to go in. Well, Beckham, listen, Beckham is not coming to the Giants. You could throw him. You know, first of all, you don't have the money this year to give him anyway. Number two, if he really wants to win and his choices between the Cowboys and the Giants, he's going to end up down in Big D. He's going to end up being a Cowboy. Look, you make a point. That is totally fair. The Giants don't have the firepower on the outside. They don't. And, and that's why we could get on Daniel Jones for missing that throw to Barkley. You could tell me that Daniel Jones didn't have a great game today. It wasn't his very best. It wasn't that he was a turnover machine. He just couldn't get the offense going in the second half of this game. Well, it's very simple. If the Giants cannot run the football, the Giants are going to have a hard time to win. It's as simple as that. I hear you. That's all we got. All we got is, is Saquon and Danny with his legs. That's all we got. Yeah, and listen, Will, this coaching staff, appreciate the call, has maximized everything they can possibly maximize out of the personnel that they have. Giants are 7-4. and four. I didn't think they were a 7-4 and four team by any stretch going into the year. First half of this game, though, I'm thinking, hey, let's get greedy. There's going to be a lot of chatter about should the Giants have punted the football. You know me. I am new age when it comes to this. Listen, I'm an old soul at heart. There's a lot of stuff with the advanced metrics that bothers me, that pisses me off. That's just blatantly wrong, in my opinion. Fourth and one, when your defense just surrendered an eight-minute drive for a touchdown and they suck wind and they're losing guys left and right, you can't send them right back on the field. I don't care if it's a one-point game. I got news for you. You would have punted the ball. They still would have converted third downs. Come on now. Let's head to the Cobra, who's up next. Coney Island, what's up, baby? Happy Thanksgiving to you and the missus. Uh, thank you, Cobra. I appreciate that. We just got back from dinner. Uh, I am disgustingly stuffed. I need to go for a walk at halftime at a Patriot-Minnesota uh, game. And a run in Brooklyn is in order tomorrow, bro. Got to burn off these LBs. You know that. Uh, you know, no doubt about it. Maybe maybe a little port wine, you know, to finish off the evening. But uh, I'm going to say this right here. To me, again, look, talent, let's, let's be honest here. You know, the Dallas Cowboys have all the talent coming out of Rikers Island and Attica. Hey, they got a talented team of athletes right there. The Giants, on the other hand, they're shit. Let's call it what it is. We don't have the talent to, to compete. We don't have the horses. But here's what I'm going to say today. That first half, the way they played that first half, you felt good going into halftime. That second half, again, I don't know how many times Wink wants to deal up the blitz on fucking, fucking third down, but enough's enough. I mean, come on. I mean, fucking Dak was picking them apart on third down every fucking time, and they couldn't get off the field to save their fucking lives. So again, at the end of the day, look, Dallas has all the talent, but this was a, this, this was a game we could have won today. And they didn't fucking do it. Yeah, listen, totally fair. And look, the first half, you looked like you had a touchdown there early on the second and 17. Bullshit, ticky-tack, ineligible man downfield. That hurt you when you're not an explosive offense and you take six points off the board. That's going to end up being problematic. And then, Maddie, everyone's going to reference the fourth down call. But after I see Thibodeau limp off the field, he's sucking wind. Exactly. Leonard Williams running off the field. You are playing with fire if you're just going to pump the ball right back to them after a three and out and say, okay, Dallas, go right down the field. Because guess what, Cobra? They had third and 17s, third and 18s, and it would convert them anyway. It didn't matter. So they, again, you know, they, and they were, and again, this has been the problem all year. Again, I'm not going to say, look, 
Here's the thing I'll say about Wink. Wink to me is a much better coordinator than Patrick Graham. Today, we would have died by a million cuts today. The difference is, at the end of the day, he likes to bring a blitz. But sometimes you look at what he has out there and what they're doing, you're like, what the fuck? And it just opens up the running lanes. Again, I mean, this, I mean, all season long, but I mean, Dallas, if they wanted to, could have just ran the ball every fucking time today. And it would have. And Cobra, here's, here's another problem. Here's another problem. Jackson being out is a big loss for this Oh, 100%. Team. Because he's the only legitimate corner it feels like you have. And I know guys stepped up in that secondary in the first half and they forced a couple of interceptions. One of them was a nice play. Uh, the, the two throws by Prescott were just horrendous, though. I mean, they were horrendous, horrendous, horrendous throws across the board that forced those two interceptions. But you saw in the second half, man, not having the Dory Jackson there, CeeDee Lamb got whatever the hell he wanted. And the tight ends, dude, I mean, they made play after play after play. Well, I'm going to say this. You asked me Monday night if I'm worried after the Detroit game. Now I'm officially worried because I think how this schedule breaks down, and I will say this, going up against the Cucks, you know, next weekend, I think that's going to be a tough game. Say what you want about Ron Rivera. That team knows how to play. And again, they, they know how to, you know, their defense, I, I, I think, is going to give Daniel Jones fits. So I'm scared to actually play them. I think going, going forward, I don't know how many more games we're going to win. I'm not even thinking about playoffs. I want a, a couple more wins here. And I hate to say, you know, again, I never expected us to win seven or eight games this year, to be honest. But now it's like I got suckered in. I, you know, it's again, it's, it's the line Josh Brolin said in Wall Street too. What's your price? I want more. And that's what all the fans want right now. So we got to figure out something. Dave wants to figure out something, but I, I'm, I'm scared now. Well, listen, Cobra, I understand that because what you're seeing, good call as always, bro. There is a talent gap and there is a limitation to what the Giants can be as a team this year. And I've kind of felt this way all along. I felt this way when the Giants played the Cowboys. We were at the game in week three. They obviously won a bunch of games in a row, and you get all sorts of giddy about that. But this has been a little humbling these last couple of games. They lost to Seattle, thoroughly outplayed. Barely beat the Texans. Got smoked by the Lions. And this game, to me, wasn't as bad as what you saw against Detroit. But you kind of saw the better team just simply put rise to the occasion in the second half. Make it play after play after play after play. And yeah, Washington and the Giants, that's going to be a doozy next Sunday. Super of a doozy type of game. Next Sunday, I mean, the games are freaking awesome. As bad as the games are this Sunday, the game's next Sunday. I mean, you see, schedule for next week in the NFL? Oh, baby. Let's head to Bradley, who's up next. What's up, Bradley? Okay, good to talk to you again. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving to you and the family. Bradley, I appreciate that, man. Happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate your support. What's up, dude? Uh, yeah, just want to get into this game. I mean, I'm not even going to waste my time, uh, you know, talking about the reps and the bad calls. The the two that really irked me the most were obviously the um, illegal man downfield and the ghost penalty on Darnay Holmes on C.D. Lamb in the second half. But, um, yeah, this was a game definitely – it was in the Giants' hands. It looked like they, they, they were in control. As soon as they stopped them on fourth and one in the first half, I thought the Giants, they could have definitely had a chance to uh, win this game. But everything just completely unraveled in that second half. It sure did. And I think most people, Bradley, are going to look at the turning point in the game being the fourth and one play. Because you have 10 men on the field. You have a wide open Saquon Barkley. You make that throw. Not only are you getting a first down there, you're getting 30, 40 yards up the field. So it was one of those throws I'm sure DJ will tell me when I have him on next week he'd like to have back. I can totally understand why. And you can't make those mistakes when you're as limited as the Giants are offensively. They Bradley, when they don't run the ball, dude, they don't win. Look at their season this year. When they don't run the ball, they don't win. Yep, their DNA this year has been running the ball with Saquon. And, that, and it's just last week, only 22 yards today. It's like similar story. They have got, I don't know what's going on with Barkley, but they got to find a way to like get him loose again and get him ready for Washington next week. Hopefully get a couple guys back healthy too. But yeah, again, this is going to be the tough stretch of games I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago where it's going to be against several division opponents. And then, you know, obviously we still got to face the Vikings, 
Phillies, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles twice. And it's going to be tough, man. And we're going to see what's going to happen. I mean, it's really going to be a tough schedule down the road. Well, and that's where this coaching staff has to continue to try to find a way to do more with less. And look, it's pretty easy. They got to figure out a way to run the football. They have to find creative ways to get the passing game going. I think if you're looking for a positive, Slayton really coming on the last few weeks has been nice to see. It's a shame you don't have Wendell Robinson, Bradley, because at least you would have felt like, hey, we got two guys that are at least serviceable, that are capable of going and making a play from time to time. Not that they're going to remind you of, I, I don't know, uh, so just give, give me your wide receiver duo of choice, Higgins and Chase or Tyreek and Jalen Waddle. They're not going to remind you of that, but at least they're guys that can go and make a play. When, and precisely. And, and that hurts the Giants. Bradley, when they're down in these games, when the opponent knows the Giants are throwing the football, they have a hard time moving the ball. That's just all there is to it. And you know Hey, bright spot, the positive, hopefully it's he'll could be back next week. Uh, uh, Bellinger, he'll be a big boost for this offense. He was uh, really one of Jones' really go-to guys early on in the season, like, you know, on the third and shorts, picking up crucial first down. So hopefully the eye injury for him will be a big boost uh, if he comes back next weekend. Yeah, listen, and he had a chemistry and he had a rapport with Daniel Jones. So you're not wrong about that, Bradley. Big game now all of a sudden Sunday against the Commanders. Oh, great. Is that Jefferson right down the field? Oh, awesome. By the way, I didn't even mention this yet. I didn't even mention this yet because I had the Cowboys today. I did. I had the Cowboys today. That Brett Maher 46-yard field goal, he will not be getting a Christmas card from Chances Jensen. That's all I'm going to say. He will not be getting a Christmas card from one Chances Jensen. Just saying. Let's head to the great Andrew in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. Andrew, that was cruel, bro. That was cruel. It's not a Thanksgiving unless I'm talking to John Jastrzemski about sports live on the air. This is why John Jastrzemski is the best in the freaking business. All these other guys, these sportscasters and whatnot, radio guys, not going to mention any names. That's why John Jastrzemski is the best because all these other guys are sitting at home High off the trip to fan, uh, laying down, sleeping on the couch. No, we don't do that here, John. We don't do that. Well, Andrew, listen, uh, that's what we do, especially after the Giants play a Thanksgiving game. And even if it's an abbreviated Spotify Live and it's not, you know, an hour and a half like you used to, we, we got to be there for the people. Andrew, of course, that's what we do, bro. That's what we do. Well, you want to talk about the fourth and one, this play and that play. First of all, can we just say it how it is? This is John Jastrzemski Live. We'd say it how it is here. Daniel Jones cannot throw the freaking football, all right? Run, 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 run. He can't throw. That's why they didn't pick up his freaking option. That's why they don't want him here, because they see everything we see. The guy can't throw a freaking football. He couldn't throw the football in the Atlantic Ocean standing on Coney Island Beach, Sean. All right? Enough already with this freaking guy. Yeah, I mean, listen, you want to tell me there are limitations to what Daniel can do as a quarterback? You can make that argument. He's won games for this team, though. And, Andrew, let's be reasonable about this. Who's he throwing the football to right now? You just said it. He's Darius Slayton on a good team is what? A number three wide receiver? Listen, listen to this stat line of guys he's throwing the ball to. Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, uh, Lawrence Kager, Gary Brightwell, Tanner Hudson. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Like, you're going to be beat up on defense. You're going to have that group of skill position players. Hey, you don't run the football. You got no chance of getting it done. That's what, it, uh, Andrew, Giants can't run it. They can't win. Case closed. And also, um, what happened to Adoree Jackson tonight? He got hurt because he was returning punts ridiculously last week, which he never should have been doing. Because uh, you mentioned that earlier, and I wanted to, he's an unsung hero for this team. That was a great pickup by them. I liked him coming out of the draft out of USC. Guy was a stud. Tennessee took him. Got a good player. He's been really good for them. The guy's a lockdown corner. He's a, He has a high IQ, veteran guy. And they really missed him tonight, John, because nobody, nobody on that field can stay with C.D. Lamb at all. They were grabbing, holding all night, and they just couldn't even come close. And that's why, Andrew, you saw multiple third and long, third and long, third and long getting converted by the Dallas Cowboys. 
Not having your top corner hurts. It, it changes some of the things that Wink Martindale wants to do. And he's the guy who's going to blitz. You know, we were talking about that with Cobra a few minutes ago. From that standpoint, he's not changing his MO. He is still going to blitz. What does that mean, though, Andrew? You got inexperienced corners against some pretty darn good talent torching you in the passing game. That's it. John, uh, can we do anything live on this Minnesota game? And also, at the end of the day, the bottom line is, go ahead and give me Alabama minus four against Michigan State, baby. Oh, you're getting involved with the hoops tonight. Look at you. I'm pre- You know, Andrew, honestly, I should be getting involved with the hoops considering the way my day has gone in the NFL. That Maher miss, man. We talk about it all the time. Significant to some. Andrew, that was very significant to some. John, uh, this Alabama-Michigan uh, State game, this is a classic John Jastrzemski, um, number 18 Alabama against the number 12 Michigan State, but the lower-ranked team is favorite, John. You know that. Yeah, that's a play. Oh, and that's a, that is a 10-30 game, and the line has moved from 2.5 to 4.5. Uh, you got yourself a 10-30 nightcap, Andrew. I'll be in on the uh, Crimson Tide. I like it. I like it. Buy that half point, John. Buy that half point. Let's go. We're going to make up for that Maher, baby. Let's go. Andrew, well, hopefully. Uh, and I'll donate the Pat loss uh, gladly if it means the Pat saves the game. And, and just a side note, ladies and gentlemen, we will be doing a Spotify Live Sunday, but I'm going to be uh, at Met, not MetLife. I'm going to be at Hard Rock Stadium. So we're going to do it a little earlier. I think we're going to do it at like 1030. So you want to stay tuned for that. A little earlier on uh, Sunday. Let's head to our buddy Scotty, who's up next. Hi, Scotty. How are you, pal? In sunny Miami, Florida, with the best state in the country, in my opinion, I'll be heading down there in a few weeks myself, so I mean, that should be awesome. Well, listen, the weather's going to be fantastic. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing my team. Um, and, you know, it's a good little reset before we hit what's going to be a crazy December around here. So, uh, yeah, you know, it means, Scotty, afterwards, I'm going to have to go and watch the entire Jet Bear game play for play at around 5 o'clock in the afternoon. One TV with that, other TV with the red zone going on, but we'll make it work. We always do. I mean, well, this giant game, I mean, look, the Giants played, they were in the first half, but the second half, I mean, the Cowboys' defense could, I mean, the Giants couldn't do jack shit. They couldn't even, they couldn't do nothing. I mean, Daniel Jones was getting there. Michael Parsons got two sacks. I mean, it was unbelievable. They, they couldn't do dick. It was like, I'm like, damn, what the heck? I mean, Wink Martindale, I mean, I know my man loves the Blitz, but man, David Dak was killing them all game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, their third down numbers were absolutely ridiculous. And if you look at Dak Prescott's numbers, the guy did whatever, Scotty, he wanted to do in the second half. Whatever he wanted to do. And Kayvon Thibodeau had a pretty nice game today. I know he didn't get a sack. I mean, but this is look, he, he had a nice game. He was the best player in the second half. The rest of the team, you know, fell asleep. I mean, look, it is what it is. But I, I'm happy the Giants. I thought the Giants are going to get steamrolled. I'm glad that didn't happen. Oh, how about that? Pat's touchdown. There we go. Yeah, I mean, listen. Um, yeah, we need, Scotty, we need this one. Uh, and I'm telling you, plus two and a half, this is the right side in this game. Your team did not embarrass themselves on Thanksgiving Day. Uh, I want to make that perfectly clear. This was not one of those games where you watched it and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is an abomination. This is four quarters of hell. I mean, you had a 13-7 lead at halftime. The problem was a couple of plays went against you in the second half, and you just were overwhelmed, simply put, from a talent standpoint. Cowboys are a better team. That's what you saw in the second half of this game. Much better team. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Just because you wrestle alligators for a living doesn't mean you should have the skin of one. 
Say goodbye to dry and cracked skin with Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash with Vitamin B3. Made for 24-7 renewing moisturization with daily use. With scents of vanilla and shea, people will think you've taken up candle making as one of your hobbies. And there is nothing wrong with that. Old Spice Super Hydration Body Wash. Shop Old Spice now. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. David is up next. He joins us. Hi, Dave. How are you, buddy? I just want to give thanks to you, JJ. You make my sports world rock, and today's a day to give thanks. I don't really have much to say on the game. I watched it, but I'm a Jets fan, so I sort of watching it from the sidelines. Happy that I'm not the... Uh, are you happy with your quarterback change? You must be. You know, I, I, yeah. I mean, I was wondering what your reaction was going to be. I, I think I'm shocked they did it because this is an indictment on the two of them, on Salah and on Douglas. It's pick. But they have stones, man, to do this and make this change in the middle of the, in the middle of the season like this. I mean, that tells you all you need to know about Zach Wilson. Well, they had to do it. To me, to me, David, with the way Wilson handled himself after Sunday's game, combined with what he put on tape against the New England Patriots, they had no choice. They needed to make a change because what happens if you don't at six and four, you run the risk of a mutiny. Inside that locker room. You can't have that. So you play wide for a game or two. You see if he can play. If he can, great. If he can't, you can revisit the conversation in a couple of weeks. But Wilson's demeanor, play, body language, all of it required a trip to the bench. You couldn't lose the locker room over that. So to me, David, it had to be done. It had to be done. Yeah, 100%. Um, and uh, you see the line move on this game, the Jets now? Well, I, I think, David, the line has moved not even because of the Jets and what they're doing at quarterback. I think the line has moved more so because of the fact that Justin Fields' status is very much in doubt. That is your issue. That is your problem. Yeah, and I saw her. I saw Herbert's out also. All right, listen, it's going to be very exciting in this AFC East. I don't think I don't think the nails, nails in the coffin in the Jets yet. It's going to be exciting. There's still a game to go with your team. There's another game to go in Buffalo. So it's going to be exciting going down to the wire. The, the Bills are going to play the Pats next week. Yeah, and I'm bummed, David. Listen, we got a major tease out of the Detroit Lions today. A major, major, major tease out of Detroit. They were in that game. They were able to score. They were able to move the ball on Buffalo's defense. They played not to lose at the end of the game. They really did. I don't know what Dan Campbell was doing in the final two and a half minutes. I don't understand the third down call, followed by the long field goal. And then, of course, what ends up happening is Josh Allen breaks your heart and gets him right in the field goal range. They end up hitting the game winner, and boom, they walk it off. I mean, the way the Lions handled the final two and a half minutes of the game, the clock management was beyond disgusting. Like, it never in a million years should have come to that. But that's exactly what it was. The Lions just continue to break your heart, man, on Thanksgiving. They either get absolutely shellacked or they find, like, a wacky, bizarre, strange way to lose. And they got to stay on Thanksgiving every year. I love it. It's a good tradition. It works. Ain't broke, don't fix it. The NFL's had the Lions on Thanksgiving for 60-something years. You're going to change that? Please. To our buddy Aaron, who's up next. Hi, Aaron. What's up, pal? Happy Thanksgiving. Can you hear me? Aaron, I got you. Happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate that. What's going on, dude? Do you listen to the mismatch, the Ringer podcast, Kevin O'Connor and Chris Vernon? Uh, to be honest, Aaron, I don't listen to much. So, so no. Yeah, I don't. I, I'll i be honest. It, it's a rarity. I just, Aaron, and it's not a knock on anybody. I'm not trying to, for it to be this way. I don't have the time. Bro, I don't have the time. You know what I mean? Between doing the pod and then doing my stuff on TV and then trying to have a life. it's And then watching all the games. That's the problem. I don't have the time. But I'm sure it's terrific. I like Kevin O'Connor. I think he's great. But anyway. They they did, like, things that they're thankful for in the NBA. I know that's corny, whatever. What's something in New York sports besides Aaron Judge that you're thankful for right now? It's a good question. Uh, I'll get, how about this for starters? 
The fact that I'm sitting here on Thanksgiving weekend and I have two winning football teams, even though I don't root for either one, but I have two winning football teams to talk about. I'm thankful for that. You kind of root for the Giants, though, right? Yeah, I'm not against the Giants. I mean, I don't root for the Jets. Uh, they're in the division of my beloved Miami Dolphins. I have nothing, I have nothing against the Giants. I mean, listen, I, I'll be honest with you, Aaron. I have found myself rooting for the Giants more this year because we have the weekly sit-down with the quarterback. I'm not going to lie. Like that, it, it just goes to show you how when you build a relationship, it, it, it can change in some ways. I want to see him do well because I like him personally. I think he's a really good guy. So, you know, I'll be fair. When he plays poorly, we'll call it out. When he makes a mistake, we'll own it. But like, yeah, I would say I definitely have found myself rooting for the Giants this year. Not today because I bet Dallas, but, you know, that that's a different story. All right, great answer. Yeah, listen, I, I, I think it's an easy one. You know, we have had winning baseball, not championship baseball, but winning baseball in town for a while. To have winning football, even if the teams aren't championship caliber, just to know you have a season, to know you have games that matter, it's like beyond refreshing. All right, let's try this one more time. Steven, you got to unmute. Let's go. I got you. What's going on, man? What do you think of the, in the World Cup, the England-USA chance? So I have to be honest. I don't know anything about soccer. I am the worst person, Stephen, to ask because I, I don't follow the sport. I, I don't know much about it. I'd be, I'd be lying, dude, lying through the skin of my teeth if I told you that I had any insight and analysis on what you're going to see with England and the USA. Here's what I can tell you. I am going to watch the game. I am going to root for my country. They're probably not going to win. And that's what it's going to be. What is that game at one o'clock tomorrow? I'll watch it. But I don't, listen, I don't know anything about soccer. My guy, Saruti, who, by the way, congratulations, just had a baby girl about a month ago. He's got all the soccer stuff on the Ringer Gambling Show. He's the guy to ask. Asking me about soccer is like, you got a better chance of asking me to put like a shot on the green from 140 yards out, and I'm not any good at golf. That is to ask me about soccer, and that's pathetic. Because you put me 140 out, fairway, nothing around, you know. I'll probably hit the green three, four out of ten times. That's probably accurate. Yeah, three out of ten, four out of ten. But come on, man. No shot. No freaking shot. I could tell you anything about the soccer. All right, last but not least, this was fun. The great Jeff Money and Queens. Hello, Money. Happy Thanksgiving, yeah. Money, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, I guess congratulations to your Cowboys, but I am not particularly pleased with your Cowboys. Yeah, you know, I felt I was watching. I was like, well, don't tell me this guy's going to get screwed like I Oh, uh, dude, you knew it. Money, the minute, bro, the minute, the minute Maher missed that field goal, you knew back door is wide open, amigo. Wide open. I got screwed like that already a couple of times this year. I knew when he missed the field goal, I said, what's it going to go downfield? And then you're going to get screwed on one of the last plays of the game. And that's the problem. And I say it all the time. When you're laying a big number, that becomes a part of the equation. That resistance to garbage time. You can have garbage time get in the way and cost you a number. Dallas was the right side in the game. Dallas was clearly the better team. Didn't matter, though, because garbage time allowed a backdoor cover. And that's the difference, my friend, between winning and losing. Because if Maher hits that field goal, even if you get the garbage time touchdown, don't matter. You cover 10. You're right. Yeah, the only game I took today with the Lions. So that was pretty smoothly with the cover there, you know. Oh, that was an easy one. I mean, you basically had that game covered from pillar to post. And let's be honest, Jeff Money, the Lions should have won that game. Yeah, they should have. They should have been. I mean, they, they they handled the final two and a half minutes of the game terribly. Terribly. And it should have went to overtime. Yeah, well, at minimum, it should. You, you know, I got news for you, Jeff Money. They should have played to win the game. Forget about overtime. They should have tried to win the game in the final minute. They were stolen. They were acting like that all the time in the world. Yeah, and by the way, once you go back to football, 2 o'clock, the USA will play tomorrow with the... Uh, 2 o'clock with the soccer. Are you, are you into the soccer at all? Uh, I don't, I don't bet it, but you know, I always enjoyed the the World Cup. Uh, but uh, I, I watch it here, and I didn't get you know, money. I like it a lot more in the summertime. You know, like when there's nothing going on aside from the baseball. USA's playing 
You get me at a rooftop bar in a city and a cold beer in my hand. Like, that to me is the World Cup. Now, I mean, the, the games, you don't know what time they're on. They're in freaking Qatar. It's up against football. It's Thanksgiving weekend. It's weird. I'm sorry. It's just weird. Oh, no, absolutely. I don't remember ever going around this time of year. Anyway. Never. No, it's unprecedented. Unprecedented. Qatar, anyway, it's all about money, but that's besides the... Well, that's because FIFA's a bunch of pigs, but that's a story for a different day, you know? With the Go back with the Cowboy game. If they would have played a lot better in the first half, you would have had an easy cover there. Well, the turnovers were terrible. They were terrible. And if they don't turn the ball over, we're talking about a much different game. But, hey, credit the Giants. They hung in for a half, but they're limited, Jeff Money. That's what it boils down to. The Giants, the way they are built right now, they were a one-trick pony. When they don't run it, they don't win. Simple as that. Absolutely. And going back with the uh, picks, you know, we'll go over that more on uh, Sunday. But I like it that, that I was uh, I went for three games on family plays with Joe B. He had the Lions. So I was happy about that. Since he- well, listen, you guys are 1-0 and I am 0-1. So I got some work to do. I need this New England game. And then we got to get ready for Sunday. Um, the, the Bengals game is my favorite of the board, though. You can lock me in for the best bet right there. Bengals. And, and that line is moving with me now. It's at two and a half. Love Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice one. I mean, of course, you know, I put the Hawks as, uh, as my main one, but I like the way the Jet uh, line is going there. You know, I thought about that. That's oh, you're in a good, you're in good shape with that Jet line because you got a much better number. Um, I would be nervous about that Seattle game, and, and it, there's no rhyme or reason for it, money because Seattle's clearly a better team. They clearly have the better coach. We know they're playing at home. But you want to explain this to me, dude? How is that line only three and a half? Yeah, I was thinking about being you know, a little bit fishy there, but you know, I had I thought it was like you said earlier. I said I thought it was very tough to call. I had to keep going back a bunch of times just to get just to get five games in there, and I didn't want to put my Monday night game as one of my five. You know, it is one. It is a game I like. Is out of the mix is uh, the same agreeing with you on that with the uh, Steelers, but it wasn't one of my five. Of course, I like this. I like the Eagles. I had to throw in. I like, of course, the Chargers, but it just uh, this was a very hard call. I go back and forth to see how I wanted to get those five in there. Yeah, listen, it's a tough week. Um, it was problematic having to make the picks on Tuesday, but that's what you got to do, Jeff Money. That's the nature of the beast. Um, thankfully, in the circle, I was going to have the Cowboys. We decided I have it with old school, new school. My partners did not want to go at any Thursday games. I got a guy who's in there who's a big Giant fan, so thankfully I did not take the Cowboys. I would have been sick if that was one of my losses in the circuit contest. And We'll, we'll see where it takes us, Money. So I will talk to you on Sunday. Enjoy the rest of the football tonight and uh, all the festivities from the weekend. Ohio State, Michigan, World Cup, Notre Dame, USC, if that suits your fancy. Uh, before we say goodbye, we'll have Jason Katz. We'll give you a quick little run-through all the fantasy stuff. And then we'll say sayonara. And we'll talk to you on Sunday. But some fantasy with Katz is up next. So before we say goodbye, it is a Friday. He needed to be in the lab and watch the two games today. Needs to make sure everything's good to go for the weekend. All fantasy breakdown with Pro Football Networks. Jason Katz, Mr. Katz, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for joining us. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Coming off a, a nice Cowboys win. Sorry to all the Giant fans out there. So it's a nice little Thanksgiving gift. Unfortunately, they did the Giants did backdoor that cover on us. So that was yeah, that was significant to some, meaning significant to me. So thanks, Mr. Maher. I don't care if he had 60-something yard field goals. When I needed you to cover and put the game on ice, you had all the plans. So he will not be getting a Christmas card from me, Mr. Katz, over the next couple of weeks. But your team, Dalton Schultz, good effort from him, good effort from Zeke. And the Giants, listen, when, when they can't run the ball, is there anyone, Jason, honestly, outside of Saquon Barkley that has fantasy relevance for the Giants? I think you got to say Darius Slayton has some just because he's, clearly the number one receiver at this point, which is, I mean, they were trying to get rid of this guy earlier in the season. I mean, it's, I don't think he's a bad player by any stretch, but like uh, we're talking about a, a UDFA guy who they, they did try to find upgrades on. It just didn't work out. Uh, 58 receiving yards uh, back in week seven. Since then, 58, 66, 95, 86. So he's, he's been, he's been solid, been leading the team in targets. He's someone you can start on by weeks. You shouldn't have needed him this week though, because we got every team playing, but yeah, it's basically Barkley. And then it's baby Slayton, and that's it. Okay. Speaking of New York football, let's get to the other team in town, shall we? Because the Jets made a quarterback change. They were very wise to go and make a quarterback change. Out 
is Zach Wilson. In comes Mike White. Forget about the quarterback position. You come on to do fantasy. So I ask you this, Mr. Katz. Does the presence of Mike White change your outlook now on Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Michael Carter? Is it the same? Is it better? Is it worse? I mean, it's got to be an upgrade across the board for the Jets offense. We saw what they did last year with Mike White. Of course, he did end up coming crashing down to earth. But we had we had four games of Michael Carter with Mike White last year. In those games, he averaged 19 PPR fantasy points per game compared to 8.8 without him. And he averaged 7.75 targets per game. Michael Carter went from a guy last week, what do you have, two fantasy points? Wasn't even in remote consideration to start this week. They put Mike White in there. I'm trying to find ways to get Carter in my lineup because that's how much the upgrade it is. And we got someone like Mike White who's going to stand in the pocket. He's not going to check it down and, or, or sorry, not going to scramble. He's more apt to check it down. We get Michael Carter with some receptions there, but bolsters his floor. Also, could this be a potential revival spot for Elijah Moore? They had good chemistry last year. It's definitely in the cars. And of course, we're hoping that Garrett Wilson can return to the guy that we saw early in the season, although that was with Joe Flacco. We're hoping that White's closer to Flacco than Wilson. That's, of course, what the Jet fans are hoping for as well. I like it from a fantasy perspective on a lot of different fronts because the most important thing is it's not Zach Wilson, who we know is not an NFL starting quarterback. And listen, it wasn't exactly lighting it up as far as getting your Jet playmakers involved. Now, before we do some matchups of the week, Justin Fields has been a revelation over the last six weeks. He's been a machine. He's running like crazy. Is he done for the year? Is he done for two weeks? Jason, is he playing on Sunday? What is the deal right now from what you're hearing on Justin Fields? From what I'm reading from the beat reporters, he, Fields is going to be limited in practice all week, and he's probably going to get a questionable tag. But the beat reporters are saying that they don't expect him to play. And that's kind of the feeling I'm getting. I don't see the incentive after how well he's played to push him back and push him to play through injury. I mean, we, we know how tough he is. We saw the hit he took in the national title game a couple of years ago. I mean, I thought he was done. Came back in that game and he finished it. Maybe it was national game. Maybe it was the game before that. I don't remember. Either way, big hit, came back in the game. This time, I mean, they still have the buy in front of them. So it's entirely possible that they can say, you know what? Give Fields a couple games to rest, rest him through the bye, let him close out the year. I'd be surprised if he was done for the season. To me, that's something they would know already if they were going to decide, hey, we're not bringing him back. But uh, I mean, it's tough because like, from a fantasy perspective, from an NFL fan perspective, I like watching him play. I hope he's not done. But from a long-term Bears fans, Justin Fields himself, I hope that if this injury is as serious as, as some reports say it is, that they do the right thing and are careful with him. Now it's time, my friend. Matchups of the week. Now remember, we have three games that we are wiping off the board. We're taping this during the middle of Sunday night football. It's halftime as we speak. It's Thursday night, but it really feels like a Sunday night. You get my drift, Jason. You know where I'm going. Let's get the quarterbacks, the start, the sit. What do we got for this Sunday? Yeah, it's tough when you wipe uh, six quarterbacks off the board, but we're starting Geno Smith. Uh, let's go, Geno, here. Against the defense allowing the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, they allow the fifth most passing touchdowns per game. Geno's got great weapons in DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So I really like Geno this week to just light it up. Uh, on the other side, I've got nothing for you on QBs. I looked. The recommended sits for me were going to be Daniel Jones and Kirk Cousins. Uh, Jones might have worked out, although he did end up with a garbage time touchdown, salvaging his fantasy day if you started him. And Cousins, that's trending toward being a miss, so being perfectly transparent here about what I would have recommended. But either way, there's nobody on Sunday starting uh, who, who's worth calling a sit. Interesting. I thought you were going to give me Aaron Rodgers against Philadelphia. I thought about that. But like Rodgers is the type where I don't know if the matchup matters too much. Like he, he can just throw two touchdowns and maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Also, we talked about this earlier in the week. That line's a little stinky. So I'm thinking that maybe there's a little more spunk in the Packers this week than we otherwise would expect against a tough defense. Very weird talking about the Packers playing a nobody believes in us type of game. But that's what they're doing against the Eagles on Sunday night. And we'll see if Aaron Rodgers, who I thought maybe was going to be your choice, ends up putting up some fantasy points. All right, Jason, let's get to running back. I wonder if you can guess who my running back start is. Uh, I think I know. Is it Jeff Wilson and I will be in attendance against the Houston Texans down in South Florida? It is, in fact, Jeff Wilson. Uh, last time we saw him play two weeks ago before the Dolphins bye, he played 61% of the snaps. He instantly was pushed ahead of Raheem Mostert. And, I mean, I didn't have this prepared when I first went through this, but uh, Mostert, 
Back-to-back DNPs at practice, he may not even play. I mean, if he doesn't play, then this isn't even just a start. This is a must-start. Force him into your lineup against a Texans defense that is the worst against the run in the league, allowing a league-worst 153.6 rushing yards per game, 5.3 yards per carry. And Wilson himself, in his two games with the Dolphins, averaging 6.5 yards per carry. Dolphins heavy favorites at home in this one. Uh, they, they should be in positive games throughout. Plenty of running. On the other side, Alvin Kamara who has quietly been very disappointing this season. He only has four RB1 performances, and 29% of his fantasy points on the season came in one game. In his five other games, just one double-digit fantasy point performance, which came last week. He is basically touchdown or bust, and he doesn't score touchdowns. The 49ers have the best run defense in the league. They allow just 3.2 yards per carry, and they allow the second-fewest fantasy points to running backs. This is not a temporary expectation. This is a sit Alvin Kamara. Interesting. Never thought Alvin Kamara would find his way into the sick category, but that's where we stand. Thanksgiving weekend of 2022. Last but not least, Mr. Katz, wide receiver, the four All is right. yours. Uh, someone who's been on the sit side for a couple, or for, for a while, going to the start side now, and that's Michael Pittman. Matt Ryan plus Michael Pittman equals PPR greatness. Pittman saw seven targets last week in a game where Ryan threw just 32 times. The Steelers allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers. And 71% of their total receiving yards allowed goes to the wide receiver position. So I like Pittman to have a really nice day catching the football in what could be a sneaky high-scoring game on Monday night. And then closing it out, uh, not necessarily fading Aaron Rodgers, but I am fading Christian Watson. I know, five touchdowns on his last eight receptions. Wow, fading the red-hot Christian Watson. Okay. Crazy efficiency. It seems crazy to fade him. He had just four catches for 48 yards last week. Yeah, he scored twice, but what if he didn't? The Eagles allow the 10th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They only allow 0.6 touchdowns per game to wide receivers. Watson needs to score, and this is a bad matchup. Uh, he could still score, of course, but I think the right move is to fade him this week. Jason Katz, Pro Football Network. You join us. You're working on a holiday. You're a man of many talents. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Congrats on your win. Screw your kicker, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, buddy? That sounds good, JJ. Happy Thanksgiving to you and all the fans out there. That's Jason Katz. We'll be back. Sunday, we got an earlier Spotify Live before the action. I will be at Hard Rock Stadium for the Dolphins and the Texans. Then we will have a podcast Sunday night, as always. I got to watch the Jet Bear game late. Probably going to record around 8, 8.30, give or take. But we will be rocking and rolling. I hope everybody enjoyed their Thanksgiving holiday. Whole lot of crazy stuff coming up next week, I hope. Maybe a little calm before the storm with all the baseball news. JJ out. Mini pot over. Enjoy your Thanksgiving weekend and catch those tickets. Be good, everybody.